1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective,
0: 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking about hearing God's voice, the church that hears God's voice. If the church is though, are really the place where believers can learn to recognize and respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit, how should that happen safely? A new book enables church leaders to safely and effectively equip the local church to recognize and respond to the Holy Spirit. Well, in her new book, the Reverend Dr. Tanya Harris explores the benefits and the pitfalls of the church who hears God's voice. After experiencing the transforming power of hearing God's voice in her own life, Tanya Harris set out to unlock the questions Christians have debated for centuries. How does God speak? How do you know it's God? And what difference does it make to the church? Well, encouraging access to the Holy Spirit in church is risky, and there are torrid tales Of abuses associated with the claim, God told me. So we're drawing on Tanya's insights into theology, history, and her groundbreaking research for a safe strategy for hearing God's voice for yourself in your local church. The Reverend Dr. Tanya Harris is a pastor, a speaker, author, practical theologian, and the founder of God Conversations, a global ministry that equips people to recognize and respond to God's voice. And Tanya Harris is back with us. Tanya, welcome back to 2020. Great to be with you, Neil. Tanya, the first thing, let me just ask you this, because some people will be thinking, why are you talking about hearing from the Holy Spirit as being a risky thing? For some people, they've had a bad experience in what they've been told about hearing from the Holy Spirit. How do you frame the sort of conversation that's ahead of us for people when you're in churches and speaking to groups about the fact that there is risk in hearing from the Holy Spirit?
2: Hmm. Well, it's risky because it's powerful. So when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to speak to us, the church, everyone in church, before then it was just limited to the prophets. so it's a little bit easier to regulate. But now that everyone who chooses to follow Jesus can hear from God via the Holy Spirit, now you've got this situation where... People can get it wrong and uh, if they get it wrong, then they can get it really wrong because when you say God told me, uh, it has that kind of authority attached to it and people can use that to manipulate or just to be confused or to be deceived about things. So there's that kind of element, we, we can get it wrong, but there's also the element of risk associated with if you open yourself up to God. Where might he lead you? He might might lead you out of your comfort zone. He might lead you to do things you wouldn't normally do to step out in faith. So it's a bit risky personally as well. As following Jesus is, it can take you to places that you didn't expect to go. So it's powerful and because it's powerful, it does have an element of risk
0: to it. Well, we want to trust the people in our local church, and perhaps that trust is built up over time when we're trusting the sorts of things that we're hearing when the pastor gets up to preach. Uh, We're trusting the way that people are responding in their own lives when they're feeling as though God is leading them in a certain direction or another. So the thought of trust in church, this is one of those elements, isn't it? Because we'll come to the Bible in a moment because ultimately we need to be able to be confident of what the Bible is teaching. But sometimes I imagine in some churches uh, the risk is compounded because perhaps there's a little less maturity in the leadership. How do you describe the sort of trust we ought to be having in church?
2: Well, you know, I think um, the church itself are people who've committed to following Jesus and have the Spirit. So if they are moving forward in God, there is an element of trust that we would just have in general relationships. But again, I think ultimately we need to be looking to the God who is trustworthy above people themselves, but also understanding that God has given people as part of his plan. So I guess there's a little bit of that dynamic working together but you know if I'm learning to hear the Spirit and following Jesus I'm not going to fall apart when my church leader goes awry because I'm not putting my confidence in a person I'm putting my confidence in in God ultimately.
0: Let's talk denominational foundations for a few moments here because uh, sometimes people might be thinking oh hearing God's voice in church that sounds very Pentecostal. Others will be saying, well, what happens in a Baptist setting or a Presbyterian setting or in the Catholic Church setting? Now, you've written a comprehensive theology for hearing God's voice and it turns out that you've got bits and pieces from all over the place and found some wonderful rich treasure uh, that goes beyond Protestant into Catholic. How do you describe the way that you can actually uh, glean all sorts of treasures from different perspectives?
2: Yeah, well, our starting point obviously is scripture, but everyone has different ideas about what scripture says, right? So I was raised in a church that was quite conservative and we believed that God had stopped speaking when the Bible had stopped being written. So I was trying to, in my book and the PhD research that preceded that, I was trying to work out what's going on here. And then if you have a look at history, People generally have believed that the spirit continues to speak, but what happens is the pendulum swing tends to go back and forward over the years. So people embrace the spirit speaking and then things go wrong and then they reject it and then it swings back again. And no matter what denomination you're from, that tends to happen. So what I tried to do was look at the big picture and I looked at, um, I'm now a Pentecostal pastor, and I looked at, the um, experiences of Pentecostal Christians. It was a qualitative piece of research, so I interviewed a whole hundred people. You know, how did you hear God's voice? What did God say? How did you know it was God? What happened afterwards? Fascinating stuff. But the interesting thing was, when I started to look at the theology underpinning those experiences, I landed in the Catholic space, (laughs) which was quite unusual. Yep. But then if you think about it, God has always been speaking through the church. But then when I finished my book, I sent it out to a whole range of different leaders. So I sent it to a Baptist pastor. I sent it to a Pentecostal theologian, to a Bible-translating missionary, to a Catholic priest, <laughs> like the full gamut. And they all loved it. And then I thought, well, you know what? <laughs> the Spirit leads us into truth. So hopefully we're coming into the same page. Um, but recently, my book was being sent to Pope Francis, and um, he believes in God speaking. And, you know, if, if it is true that the Spirit is present with us, reminding us of what Jesus said, this is the words of Jesus before he left the earth. He said to the disciples, I need to, to leave, but don't worry, I'm going to send you my Spirit. It's going to be better having my Spirit, because my spirit's going to remind you of everything that I've taught everything about salvation, about the kingdom, about what God is like, everything that's now recorded for us as scripture. But then my spirit's going to speak to you about things to come because I can't tell you everything right now. Um, You can't handle it all at once. You're going to have so many more questions. So my spirit's going to take the gospel, the good news I've come to bring, the boundaries of what God is like, and my spirit's going to apply that to your current situation. But well, I believe that that reality, that promise for the new covenant, the New Testament church, is happening everywhere in churches everywhere, and there there are there is consistency in that. And if you start to talk to people from different denominations, you start to see those patterns coming out. Whichever label is on their church building, it's quite beautiful. But it's what Jesus said. He said, "My spirit will lead my people into truth."
0: So you've got the Holy Spirit who's given by Jesus and the thought that, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. There's a little bit of concern here where some will say he's just there to remind me what the Bible says. Uh, and others mm-hmm. will say, well, it goes way beyond that where he is there to offer insight, guidance and Comfort and all of those different range of things that the Holy Spirit does in us. So uh, some still see a limitation on the Holy Spirit, where others are seeing the Holy Spirit as being a whole lot more than just a reminder.
1: Yeah,
2: and that's exactly the point of issue. But uh, when you and it, it depends on what your model for you know um, Christian living is for today. If you base if we base our model on early church, so when the Spirit came. Um, you see the book of Acts unfolding what Jesus promised. So the word of God went forth and people became saved. And But it also says the word of God went forth. The Spirit spoke and the Spirit spoke to Paul about salvation. The Spirit spoke to Stephen about his destiny in heaven. The Spirit spoke to Philip to go and talk to the Ethiopian. The Spirit spoke to the Antiochian elders about what missionary journey to go on. The Spirit spoke to Paul about his shipwreck. So you see the Spirit doing exactly what Jesus said, taking the, the ministry and the mission of Jesus that Jesus started, founded, set the foundations for, and then the Spirit continues in that vein. So I believe, as most of the Christian church across the world, to some degree or another, that the Spirit is continuing to do that. So whenever we hear from God, it should be within that frame of reference that I would expect spirit to remind me of Jesus and all the foundations of the gospel, but then to speak to me about my life and what the mission and ministry of Jesus looks like in my life. So that might look like, um, Tanya, I want you to be kind to your grumpy neighbor. Tanya, I want you to be generous to that person you just met. Tanya, I want you to be forgiving of the person at work. Tanya, I want you to minister in this way. Um, I want you to go somewhere. I want you to do something in line with the ministry of Jesus. So, I think most people would understand that that's still happening in some shape or form.
0: Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. You might have a question, a comment, you might even have a critique for our conversation. 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is the Reverend Dr. Tanya Harris. Tanya's book is called The Church Who Hears God's Voice, How to Build a Church Where Everyone Can Hear the Spirit for Themselves. Tanya, before we move on, let's come back to your story. Some listeners will be, uh, their ears will have pricked up uh, when you said that I grew up in a church where we believed that God had stopped talking outside the Bible. I wonder if you can take us into your story here for a few moments.
2: Yeah, I was raised in a church where we had no expectation for spiritual experiences, kind of experience was a bad word and we (laughs) stayed away from it but then when I hit the age of 21 I went through a bit of a faith crisis I guess and started questioning my faith it just didn't feel that tangible to me and I met someone who talked about God speaking to them and I thought what a fascinating idea (laughs) how good would that be to have a conversation with the creator of the universe and I was, to be honest Neil, I was super curious. I was just like, well, what would God say? And what, what does it feel like? Because it all sounded a very you know, very mystical. So I ended up praying a prayer, God speak to me. And if you do speak to me, can you make it really clear? I don't like any of that fuzzy wuzzy stuff. And if you make it clear, I will do whatever <laughs> you say, <laughs> which um, was quite a radical prayer as you can imagine. Um, but the story goes that God did speak to me and he made it clear. And I followed it. And I found myself reading through the New Testament and aligning my experiences, particularly with theirs, and realizing, oh, the God who was the God then is still the God now, and the patterns have remained. The idea of Jesus continuing his ministry and mission through the Spirit is still here. And when when that happened to me, I started to see miraculous things, uh, Neil, like supernatural things, which I think, again, quite consistent with Scripture. And it's just a beautiful thing to see the God of Scripture still working in, you know, the God of the 21st century working in individual lives.
0: If you say God has stopped talking outside the Bible, then you're only looking within the Bible for thoughts that might be God's thoughts. And you're saying these things speak to me or the story of Jesus through the Gospels and uh, looking for example in the scriptures. But if God is a personal God and we can speak to him in prayer, then he speaks to us. Sometimes I guess we've got this balance between the personal God who will speak to us and the formal God who has his plans and purposes. How do you how do you talk about the personal God and the fact that He might speak to you in a prayer time and that might give you guidance and wisdom and all sorts of things that can direct your life?
2: Yeah, there's a situation in my life.
0: I was needing a
2: place home to live, and I prayed and said, "God, please provide a home for me." And I knew that God was a provider. I knew that you know God is El Shaddai. He's the great provider. He promises if we, you know, look to Him, then He'll give us our daily bread. Uh, and I knew that. But as I heard from the Holy Spirit a couple of weeks later, I had a dream, and in the dream I saw a vision of the house that I would later move into, like the features of the house. It belonged to a banker's home. It was very big. A few weeks later. Someone said, I, I know a house is empty because the owner is on an overseas contract. Would you like to go and have a look, look at it? By the way, the home belongs to a banker. And I go into this house, and it's exactly the same as I'd seen in the dream. And I end up living there rent-free for a couple of years. <laughs> it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> but the difference, is, um, the difference is, Neil, that I knew that God was provider, but now I knew that God provided for me. So those truths of who God is remain. We're not adding or changing that, but what we're saying is the Spirit is the same, but then can take those truths and apply them to my situation. So that means that I can have a personal relationship with God. We talk in church a lot about having a personal relationship, but it's very difficult to have a relationship with someone without two-way communication. So I think that element of relationship becomes very real when we start to hear God's voice. But the, the other side of it, Neil, is I think um, the concern my church had growing up that God had stopped speaking, the concern came out of a desire to make sure that we don't lose the Bible, and that's a legitimate concern because you know, uh, there, it is possible to get so enamored by spirit experiences that we lose our foundation. And, you know, the, the, the Bible tells us the story the good news of the gospel. And without that, we've lost our anchor, haven't we? Because it tells about what happened in history and about what Jesus did for us. So we can never lose that anchor. Uh, and our church, I think, my church growing up was very concerned that if we started to hear the spirit outside the Bible, that we would somehow lose the Bible. Does that make sense?
0: That makes a lot of sense because if we talk about formality, you've got God in the pages of Scripture, and uh, we can never lose sight of that revelation because that's the revealed God. It's his truth. It's his uh, His presence in our lives today. But you've got this personal God who can speak to you outside of the pages of Scripture. And even interesting as you're sharing that little testimony, um, sometimes we feel like it's God doing things like his economic provision for us. Uh, He speaks to us, he blesses us, and things go right, and things go good, and we get what we need or we want. But there's another depth, I think, and I'll ask for your opinion here, because you've got an alignment with God's plans and purposes. You've got his desires being downloaded into our hearts. So the thought of hearing God's voice, it goes beyond just some shallow end things and takes us into the deep end of his purposes, doesn't it?
2: Correct. Absolutely. The beauty of hearing God is that it's about, yes, building the personal relationship, but it's also about building partnership. So when I hear from God... Um, I heard from God many years ago to move from Melbourne to Sydney. I know, why would God say something like that? He hasn't told me to move to Brisbane yet, Neil. Um, <laughs> I but it was for the purpose of building the college that I worked in. And because I'd heard from God, and it was amazing, the story, because a couple of days after I arrived the position opened up that fit me perfectly. It was it was such a God thing. But when we hear from God we partner with him. So it may be something as simple as you're partnering with God to bring his love and joy to your street. Or it may be partnering with God to, you know, help the poor in your neighborhood. Like that that's when we start to become co-laborers and the mission continues through us. And obviously, um, we don't need to hear from God about everything that we do. But when we're living a spirit-filled life, that's what we would expect the spirit to do and speak in our lives, is to lead us into that continuing mission of ministry so that your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That becomes part of our life. And that's what spirit speaking is all about, really, at the end of the day.
0: Okay, couple of minutes out from news, and we'll keep uh, on this sort of track after the news too, but let's come back to the local church and God speaking in your local church, because I'm thinking there must be lots of dimensions. Uh, when you arrive at church... There's fellowship amongst the believers. There's people who are greeting you there. There's something wonderful that happens in those relationships. Then there's the worship that happens in your church, whether it's more traditional or whether it's more contemporary. Then there's the preaching of the word that comes typically through your minister, your senior minister. And then there's things like prayer lines and things like that that happen after church where you can bring your needs and get the elders to to pray for you. There's lots of dimensions of the way the Holy Spirit speaks in the local church, isn't there?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, and, and here's the thing, though, Neil, the interesting thing is you don't necessarily need a church service to hear God's voice. So the Spirit speaks to us wherever we go. And, uh, you know, some of my most amazing God conversations have happened while I've been brushing my teeth or driving to work. But you do need the local church to help us recognize and respond to it. And that's where we sometimes trip up because recognizing God's voice happens in community. We need other people around us. You can get it wrong. Um, Let me give you a story. Do we have time for a story before the news? No,
0: let's come back to the story after the news. Tanya's book is called The Church Who Hears God's Voice how to build a church where everyone can hear the Spirit for themselves. It's about to be released, and you can pre-order Tanya's book at godconversations.com or through Kurong. Tanya, let's come back to the story you were about to tell before I cut you short and said, hey, the news doesn't wait for us. Uh, your story about the local church.
2: Yeah, there was a man who thought he heard from God telling him to resign from his job and trust God for the finances. So he did that and then he waited and he waited and he waited. And soon his house was in jeopardy, his marriage was in tatters, and his life was ruined. (laughs) He went to his pastor and he said, sounds like a bad joke, doesn't it, Neil? He went to his (laughs) pastor and said, Pastor, why didn't God come through? And then as they talked about it, he realized that he hadn't heard God's voice at all. He'd been suffering from a really severe case of burnout. But, you know, it's a horrible story. But the interesting thing about it is that I don't think the problem was this man's walk with God. The problem was that he just hadn't talked about his experience with anyone. And that's why we really need the church to help us recognize the spirit. The spirit speaks to us wherever we go. We don't need anyone else to deliver God's voice to us. The Spirit can do that independently. That's why Jesus said it was such a good thing that the Spirit would come. But um, when we do hear the Spirit, then the paradigm that the New Testament gives us is that it should be done within community. And the reason for that is because it's not like the olden days when only the prophets could hear from God. No, they had a bit of a corner on revelation, but now Acts chapter two says sons, daughters, young and old, all can hear from God in the same way as the old covenant prophets. Therefore, I can test it in my community because the spirit in you can agree with the spirit in me, and I can get confirmation. Like in a in a law court, the more witnesses you have, the safer you are that the matter is established as true. So well, we see that in Scripture, and, and um, that's how it works in real life.
0: Wow. I think there's real wisdom, and if anyone was writing a note right now, you'd say the real safety is in community. Because as you say, Tanya, discerning God's voice, if you were suffering from burnout symptoms, and as you were sharing that, uh, or if you are on medication or uh, some form mm. of drug use, you may be hearing all sorts of voices. Uh, being exactly. able to discern those and say what is God saying, you've got the safety when you come to mature people in the community of your local church.
2: Exactly, and and that's what you see in one of the most famous God conversations in the early church as well. And, you know, the, you may know the story: the Apostle Peter is up and he's praying. And he's waiting for lunch and he falls asleep and he dreams about food. (laughs) It's it's a visionary message, symbolic message about embracing the non-Jewish people into the church, right? So it's an incredibly important message from the Holy Spirit. But to think about it now, you think about, hang on a minute, Peter was waiting for lunch. He would have been hungry, he falls asleep and dreams of food. And then he dreams something that contradicted everything from the old covenant law, it's like, how did Peter know it was God? And then you see this um, this amazing story play out that at the same time Peter is on his rooftop having a vision from God over, you know, hundreds of kilometers away in Caesarea is another man a Gentile, who's having a vision from God at the same time. And it's like God gets them together. You know, what did you see, Peter? What did you hear, Cornelius? And they talk about it. And they realize that God is saying the same thing twice. And so therefore, um, that's what Holy Spirit does. And I've seen that happen in my own walk, and I've seen it happen in a lot of other people's walk. It might be something as simple as, you know, you, you're meditating on a thought or a verse of Scripture, and then you go to church, uh, and the preacher preaches exactly the same thing, and you go, "Hang on a minute, who's reading my journal?" Yeah. Holy Spirit, same thing.
0: Wonderful. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call from Carol in Cairns. Hello, Carol. Welcome. Good morning, Carol. What are your thoughts? Um,
3: yeah, I agree with everything that um, being said. I just want to share that um, God speaks to me. I see when I was when I'm pray sometimes I get like vision and god um you know how it says without a vi- uh, vision the people perish um well I just had a one just happened just re- just like a couple of Sundays ago um in our church we have a cafe ministry and I'm on one of the teams and I in my own personal prayer time I was praying for my teenage grandchildren for direction for them to get skills for employment. And as I was praying, God showed me our cafe. And now, I wasn't sure whether my granddaughter would agree to this, to come and work in the kitchen and um, be in the cafe and serve and um, get trained up in the kitchen. So, But I saw it and God showed it to me and he even showed me the the person who's who's the team leader and who's the chef, I saw her as well and God said, like, she will train them. She'll train them up. And so I just said, okay, God, if that's you, then I leave it in your hands and only you can bring that to pass. And that day happened last Sunday, Sunday ago. And the team leader, actually, I didn't do anything. The team leader came to me and asked me, would would I like my two granddaughters, who are 14 and 13, to be trained up in the cafe, in our cafe ministry, and that she would love to train them up? And I said, okay, I'll, I'll go and ask them and give them the offer. And when I did... They um, both said yes, but only one was able to come on that day and she came and she loved it and she enjoyed it.
0: So there's lots of dimensions that are at work there and, uh, you know, sometimes probably good to separate the thought of, you know, without a vision, the people perish uh, and the thought of having a personal vision. But let's get a thought or two from Tanya for Carol and uh, all of those things that come into alignment.
2: I love that story, Carol. It's so beautiful. And, you know, the litmus test for our visions is is it consistent with the word of God, Jesus? Is, is this something that Jesus would say? And from our perspective, it certainly would be that Jesus would lead us to a place where we can experience a flourishing of our skills and our time and our purpose and, and our futures. So what a privilege to hear from God and to see that insight into what God's doing in in your granddaughter's life.
0: Beautiful testimony. Carol, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Let's come back to some of the risky things we've been touching on. Uh, Risky things like sometimes they're called car park prophecies uh, where someone who You don't know all that well. They might not necessarily have a position of authority in the church. They might not be recognized as the sort of person who prays and prophesies in a church setting. And they come to you in the car park and they give you all sorts of personal advice. I think you should marry so-and-so, or I think you should, (laughs) uh, you know, you should pack your bags and go and live in another town. Some of those things are risky stuff. How do you describe risky in all of this uh, thought about uh, hearing God's voice?
2: Yes. Unfortunately, people do use the God. God is telling me to tell you line to manipulate and to abuse their authority, I think. But here again, uh, the beauty of the new covenant is that everyone can now hear God's voice for ourselves. So whenever uh, we receive a prophecy, I think we should be starting to expect, you know, when someone prophesies over me. Thank you. God spoke to me about that last week. That makes sense. So it shouldn't always be new information because now we've all got connection with the Holy Spirit. So we're now responsible for hearing God for ourselves. To to rely on other people prophesying over us is to go back to the old covenant. It doesn't mean that God won't use prophecy. It's for encouragement and strength and it's a beautiful thing and God does use it. But the other side of it, uh, Neil, to mitigate against abuses is to learn to test Things for ourselves so if someone says something a bit wacky to you we do need to test it we need to ask our question you know is it consistent with the word of God is it consistent with Jesus is it something that Jesus would say and then to test it in community and to test it to see if it's still exhibiting the signs of God's presence among us and when we do that with a safety we can reject things people say to us if they're not from God and we're supposed to Uh, Scripture says to test the spirits to see if they're from God because people do get it wrong and people do say silly things. And we love them. We show grace, but it doesn't mean we need to do what they say.
0: Important to dwell on that for a moment, that your response to someone who might be bringing a car park prophecy and it may well be way off uh, anything that you've ever thought before, the courteous response is useful because... There are people who are in our church life who need to be able to learn uh, how the whole uh, issue works with uh, when they communicate something they feel they've heard from God because sometimes there needs to be some barriers around that. How do you think about people who are learning to hear from God? I was praying for you and uh, I felt God say, you know, you're partner was going to die (laughs) Uh, those sorts of things can be even insensitive you even have your own story around that sort of issue
2: yeah yeah a couple of thoughts um i think it's better to say i think god is saying until you've tested it for certain and there's an element of humility in that i often say you need to have the humility to know that you can get it wrong as well as the confidence to know you can get it right but it, it would seem that in certain circles humility is perhaps the rare rarer element here (laughs) so you know i don't say god told me very often unless i you know i've got a really strong conviction it's been tested really thoroughly i think we can just say i think what do you think and this is where the church comes in what do you think the spirit's speaking to you about well i think this what do you think about that how does that sound does that sound like it's consistent with jesus and then um the other part of it is if God is speaking, then we need to follow. We need to actually have the courage to do what God is saying. We also need the local church in that as well. And, you know, one of the big safeguards against all this is that when we set our hearts to follow Jesus, we start to reduce the possibility of deception let me give an example there's a story in the book and i tend to include there's some really good stories in there neil we haven't talked about some of those but some amazing miraculous god talking stories that just blow your mind but i also included a number of bad ones and the reason i do that is because i want to talk about why is this happening and the problem is never the god speaking the problem is us filtering through what God might be saying through our own sin and our own hearts and our own agendas. So in this case, a pastor was uh, a a good man and he thought he heard God telling him that his wife was going to die and he was going to marry someone else in the church. And obviously... Not the kind of thing God would say, but anyway, he he had this idea in his head and one Sunday morning a lady came up to him and said, you know, Pastor, I know this sounds a bit odd, but I really feel that God's saying to you that your wife is not going to die. And uh, amazing. And then the pastor, the man, um, promptly booked a room and slept with the person the next day and busted up his family and his church. It was a nightmare. The thing about that story, though, that strikes me is, number one, the problem was never with God speaking. He knows how to get the message through. The problem was the man's heart who was unwilling to do what God said. And we see that because as soon as truth was known, he did the opposite thing. And So there has to be, if we're going to set our hearts to hear God's voice, and this is where the risk is, if we're a Christian, we need to understand that if I'm going to hear from God clearly, that the foundation for that is, Following Jesus. So Jesus said, My people recognise my voice and they follow. So the person who hears God's voice is the one who sets their heart to follow. And when we do that, the risk disappears. It's our it's our inability to follow and obey and submit that causes all our
0: problems. And as you were saying, there's safety in community, and that happens in your local church. And uh, I mean, I probably would uh, uh, take us off onto a big tangent to say that uh, people are watching all sorts of things in their social media, and uh, that in itself has a... For some, a prophetic allurement to it and uh, some safety there in your community too, when you can run by those uh, leaders or elders in your church uh, to uh, try and discern what God might be saying in those circumstances. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another call. Wendy is in Casino in New South Wales. Hi Wendy, welcome.
1: Thank you, Good morning. Now, I've, I wanted to tell a good news story about marriage um, and hearing from God because um, my first marriage finished when I was about 45, um, which was rather just sad. But then, um, and I was quite happy as a single, but when I was about 50, I, had a, I went to a Yongi Cho conference in, at the Gold Coast and Yongi Cho said, you know, if you've got interest in, you know, in getting married, write down the sort of person you want um, that, that you're interested in and just leave it with God and let him sort it out. So I thought, okay, well, I don't know that I want to get married just yet, but maybe one day I will. <laughs> so I wrote it down, put it in my book, and, um, and I said, okay, God, you know, if you've got someone else out there that needs someone like me, I'm probably interested. That's about as far as I said. Anyway, it was six years later, um, six years later, uh, I was—I'd moved to another town, and I was in a church where there was a, an American, a visiting American prophet. He was quite well loved and received in this particular church. Not anybody I, know, I knew, and he said to me, "Oh, I believe God's got a husband for you." And I thought, "Oh, okay." Now I—I I sort of half believed it because of the fact that um, I had written that down six years before. Um, and left it with God, but I had never ever pursued it at, at all. I just thought, okay, I'm happy as I am, but if there's someone there, then, you know, then I'm interested. And within six weeks, I had to move to another town yet again because I was doing a bit of um, nannying for my grandchildren. And um, and very soon after that, uh, there was a... Sorry, just before I moved to that other town, that same prophet was there at a, at a prayer meeting I was at, and he said, Prince Charming is on the way. And I thought... That sounds close. That sounds like it's very close. He didn't say. (laughs) He didn't say. um, You know, he only was coming on who he was, but he said he's fifty-six years old and in ministry. And I thought, my goodness, that's very specific. But then I moved to the next town soon after, because I was, you know, so I said I was childminding. And um, and uh, there was, I was went to the church the first Sunday and thought, no, he's not here. Uh, But within three days, I got an email from this. Pastor, who had heard written, uh, he had heard about the book that I'd written for single adults, um, called Single Adult Maze, and he said, "I'm interested in, um, I'm interested in your book. You know, uh, can I help you in any way?" And I said, "So, how old are you?" And he said, "56," and, and he said he was a pastor, and I suddenly thought, "Oh my lord, this is the one." <laughs> This is the very one. I didn't tell him, though. I didn't let on that I knew. But anyway, our relationship developed from there and we've since been married 14 years and very happy. So I just thought that was a good news story about marriage.
0: (laughs) It is a good news story, Wendy. Uh, Let's get a thought or two. Uh, Tanya, your thoughts for Wendy?
2: Uh, it's a fun story. I, I actually have a similar story in one of the chapters of my book. I have two stories: one that worked out beautifully like yours, and one that didn't actually. <laughs> so this woman had a vision of a man, and it came to pass, and they broke up.
1: So <laughs> they never got
2: married. Um, and and the beautiful thing, this is see, this is what I love about Holy Spirit speaking to us about our lives and the possibilities of what comes along in our lives, but then our cooperation with it and in this case um, in, in one case it was a very similar story to yours Wendy and then in another case it didn't happen because there was not cooperation by both parties so um, that beautiful dynamic of God speaking and then up us about whether we follow but thank you so much for sharing your love story I love it.
0: Wendy thank you so much for your call and uh, we won't be able to take any more calls let's spend these last few minutes Tanya Just coming back to safety aspects and the fact that we do want to hear from the Holy Spirit in our local church. I mean, your church experience might be a fairly flat experience if you're not expecting to hear from God uh, in all of the dimensions that you might be able to hear from God in your local church experience. Uh, Come back to some of the safety aspects. Uh, For listeners today, uh, you want to hear from the Holy Spirit? How do you do that safely?
2: One of the best and most important aspects of safety is to understand what Holy Spirit says and why Holy Spirit says it. And I'll, maybe I'll finish with this story, Neil, because I think it encapsulates it so beautifully. There's a man in New Zealand, his name is Brian, and one day, a middle-aged man, one day got up and as he's going about his day, the Holy Spirit says, Brian, I want you to make the bed. <laughs> <laughs> are <laughs> like what uh, God no 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 I don't make the bed Lisa my wife she makes the bed You know, she does a great job of it too it's a very complicated process <laughs> yeah. because no no I don't, I don't make the bed uh, and it was like no Holy Spirit said make the bed Brian I want you to make the bed. and so there's this conversation and debate and reluctantly, he agrees. So he goes to his wife. She shows him how to make the bed, and he starts making the bed. He continues to make the bed for over a year. And then Holy Spirit speaks to him again and says, Brian, now that I've seen you've developed a servant heart, now I want you to lead the church. And he became the pastor of his church. And as he led that church throughout the town, People came to Jesus, and miracles happened in their lives as a result of that leadership. And I look back at that story, and I think what can happen when we try and hear God's voice is we have these lofty ideas about what God's going to say. You know, God's going to promote you. He's going to give you this much money. He's going to make you successful, and blah, blah blah But a lot of time, Holy Spirit is just saying make the bed, and we're missing it. And when we don't understand the spirit-talking experiences that we seek as the continuing ministry of Jesus, then we start to overlay our human expectations on what we want to hear, and that then causes us to trip up. So... We, I think what matters is to understand that we start with what we're hearing from God already, even if we don't like it, because it's going to lead to transformation. It's going to lead to a deeper relationship with God. It's going to lead to the development of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And as we do that, we're going to see some of those beautiful, amazing, incredible, spectacular results of God's presence on earth. But understand that God speaks to make us disciples of Jesus, first and foremost. And that's, that understanding will put us in a safe place.
0: Wonderful wisdom, Tanya. Listening to God in those little things, leading to listening to God in the bigger things. So listen to God and uh, hear his voice in giving, in serving, in caring. Those sorts of things, very, very powerful. And as we said a little earlier, There's real safety in community. So hearing from God, a great place to hear from God in your local church. And you hope that your local church will have some of those boundaries and some of that wisdom uh, from Tanya, the sorts of things she's sharing in her new book. Reverend Dr. Tanya Harris, pastor, speaker, author, practical theologian, and the founder of God Conversations. Now, Tanya's website is godconversations.com. And that's where you can pre-order Tanya's book. It is going to be for sale probably midway through the next month. And so your opportunity to pre-order Tanya's book. It's called The Church Who Hears God's Voice. How to build a church where everyone can hear the spirit for themselves. Godconversations.com. And you can also pre-order through Kurong. Uh, Tanya Harris. Wonderful for you to share your heart with us all today. Thank you so much for taking some time to share these things with listeners on 2020.
2: It's been a pleasure, Neil. Thanks so
1: much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.